Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Good to have you here. Oh, what a privilege to come to you each and every morning and just to say hello. God is still alive. God is still on his throne and he's with us and he's going to see us through. Oh, my, can I get a witness to that? Lisa, I saw you were the first on this morning. Karen, Martha, Corey, Felix, Deborah, Sylvia, thank you. Thank you for making this a special, special place each and every time we get together, Monday through Friday. Started doing this in August of 2019, way back. Do you remember 2019? Did you think that was a bad year? Well, Welcome. Welcome to 2020. If you've just been Rip Van Winkled and you just woke up, what a year. What a year we are in. Um, do apologize. I've been from absent from the discussion boards a few days this week and just chatting with you and and uh, letting you know I'm praying for you, which I am. Um, just had a couple of projects and we were doing this week and finished up one of the major ones yesterday. Still still working on one, although the lion's share has already been done, that we are so excited about and will share with you. I don't know. It's coming soon, coming real, real soon, but um, uh, working on that. So I've been a little distant. Apologize for that. Here we are, Thursday, October 29th. Yes, yes. That's two days shy of a holiday. I don't know if we celebrate that anymore. Do we celebrate that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're living in a difficult season so many ways. The media would like for you and me to believe that everybody just can't stand each other. Everybody's scared half to death. Everybody's ready to fight at the drop of a hat. I think the media is wrong. I do. As Lincoln said, I believe in the better angels of our nature. I believe God's showing himself strong, is doing so even at this very moment. The psalmist said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. He's our source, our hope, our refuge. Can I get a witness? Amen. Early voting is almost over. Take advantage of that. Let your preference be known. Vote your values. But remember this, prayer and trust in God outrank ballot boxes, and we will put our trust in God. So thank you for being here, Everett and June and Anita, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you. Today, I want to get practical practical. Is that all right? God and Satan, five things both want. I sometimes think we make this thing so complicated, people don't even know where to get in at. So I want to make it simple. What God wants is what Satan wants. Both have a five-fold agenda. And knowing this, you and I have the power to choose. We either choose God's way or the enemy's way, because God and Satan want the same five things. Are you ready? Oh my, I need some of you scribes. Yolanda, mom, if you're out there, help me here. Let's get some scribes going here. You're going to want to list these five things. And by the way, I will tell you at the end of each of the five, I'm going to do an affirmation. So you may want to get the affirmations as well. All right, everybody got your thumbs ready? Okay, here we go. What does God want that Satan also wants? God and Satan, first of all, want me and you to think like them. Yeah. When Satan first tempted mankind in the garden, you remember what his opening line was? Yea, hath God said. 
In other words, he doesn't want you to think God thoughts. He wants you to think his thoughts. He doesn't want you to think in terms of exclamation points. He wants question marks. Lucifer questioned God's authority in, in eternity past. And from man's beginning, he's tried to get me and you to question God. Lucifer fell, man fell, because Satan wants man to think just like him. That liar, thief, and murderer, when men lie, steal, and kill, they're thinking as Satan would have them think. And when you go into the New Testament in Acts 5, do you remember when the revival came to a screeching halt? I mean, Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, we're moving on. Acts 5, screeching halt. Simon Peter said it was when Satan filled the hearts of Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Ghost. Because Satan wants you and me to think like him. Thinking Satan's thoughts. Folks, that's deadly business. That is deadly business. Paul said in Romans 8, thing to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Satan is the father of lies, lies that lead to destruction. God is the father of lights, light that leads to life. Follow God's way of thinking. Both of them want you to think the way they do. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. God wants you to think his thoughts. He wants you to feel your heart, your soul, your mind, your every waking moment thinking about him. And so exclusive is God's desire that he will accept nothing less than totality. He wants all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our minds, all of our thoughts. That's what Simon Peter said in 1 Peter 1. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You're either going to think God's thoughts, Satan's thoughts. Both want the same thing. So here's an affirmation. I will think what Jesus wants me to think. Does that make sense? Uh, Sean, Joe, Olivia, does that make sense to you? I mean, God and Satan both want our thought life. So I choose, I choose, I will think what God wants me to think. They want something else. They want five things. Here's the second thing. Here is the second thing that both God and Satan want. Both God and Satan want me to understand, interpret, perceive the things of life just as they do. If you sow a thought, you'll reap an attitude. The more we think a certain way, the more we begin to see things the same way. Perception becomes our reality. Our perception of life then is what waters our thoughts. Not only does God and Satan both want us to think like they do, they want us to view life like they do. You see this conflict, Simon Peter, I think it plays out in such drama in the Gospels. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say I am? Who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And you remember, blessed art thou, Simon of Jonah. Flesh and blood is not revealed in you, but my father, which is in heaven. That's pretty cool, isn't it? When you Don't you know that Simon Peter was saying, my, 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 and all the other disciples just saying, mm, that's Simon. Simon, yeah. Jesus said, in effect, you're seeing things, Simon, from my perspective, a divine perspective. You're going to be blessed. Your name's going to be changed. Your character's going to be changed because you have the same perspective, a revelation, a heavenly view on things. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. 
But six verses later, oh my, six verses later, this this blessed Simon Peter, he 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 his his perspective change. It goes from heavenly to hellish in six verses. I mean, six, count them. Because Simon Peter then starts arguing with Jesus that he shouldn't go to Calvary, shouldn't talk about the cross. And then Jesus, six verses later, after he blessed him, said, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan's perspective had gone from God blessed to God blasted in six verses. He lost his faith perspective and went into fear mode. He ceased seeing Jesus as God incarnate bigger than anything. And he began to see Jesus smaller than the enemy. James had something to say about our viewpoints. He said there is a viewpoint from above that be, uh, is pure and peaceable, but then there's also a viewpoint from beneath. Here's how James said it in James 3, verses 14 to 16. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie against the truth, lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but as earthly, sensual, devilish. For wherever envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Here, here's what we're saying. A godly viewpoint, perspective, it comes from above. A devilish perspective comes from below. Whatever happens to me, both God and Satan want me to see life from their perspectives. When something bad happens, Satan wants to tell me God's to blame. When something bad happens, God will say, I can work good out of this. When something good happens, Satan will say, you deserve that. When something good happens, God will say, there's only good. There's only one good. That's God. Every good and perfect thing comes from above. So here is the affirmation. Number two, you ready? I will see as Jesus wants me to see. And then here comes the third thing that both God and Satan want. Do you remember the story? of the five loaves and two fishes. Normally our view of the story is focused on the two characters, Jesus and the boy that donated the lunch. But I want to point out two other characters, two men who talked with different tongues. One was the tongue of faith, the language of heaven. The other was the tongue of fear, the language of hell. In John 6, when Jesus pointed out the multitude that needed to be fed, Philip said, can't happen, no way. Andrew said, here's a boy's lunch. Philip talked the impossibility. Andrew talked of the possible. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things. You see, what both God and Satan want, the third thing, is they want your speech, how you and I talk. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Why do we talk about what we can't do? Why do we waste breath speaking about the supposed impossible? Satan loves, he loves it when we talk about what we can't do. But God is honored when we talk about what we can do because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Oh, can I get a witness to that? Do you remember what was said of Simon Peter? By that woman over the fire, your speech betrays you. I sense a Galilean accent. You have been with Jesus. You hang around Jesus long enough, you're going to start, start talking Jesus talk. Oh, yes, you are. You're going to start talking God talk. You're going to talk like he talks. You remember when Simon and John stood before the Sanhedrin, the fearful speech was gone. Faith-filled speech dominated. And Simon Peter 
who was once accused of being a follower of Jesus because the accent betrayed him. Yeah, remember when Simon Peter and John stood before them, before that Sanhedrin? The Sanhedrin realized they don't have formal training. They called them unlearned and ignorant men. That's pretty kind. That's pretty kind. But they marveled at their speech and they perceived that they had been with Jesus. You hang around Jesus long enough, you're going to start talking like him. Your speech will indicate who you're running with, God or Satan. If you're complaining and grumbling, who you've been running with, Satan the slander. When you're gossiping and criticizing, whose speech are you imitating the accuser of the brethren? But when we bless rather than curse... We're imitating the one who is great in mercy. So can I give you an affirmation? Here's the third thing that God and Satan want. They want you to talk like they do. So here's an affirmation. I will speak as Jesus wants me to speak. How are we doing? Are we doing okay out there, Raina, Gwen, Vicki, Christy? Are we doing okay? Is this coming through? Is this simple or what? Does this make sense? I hope so. Number four, the fourth thing both God and Satan want, both of them want us to act like they act. Yeah. Judas was a traitor. So was Satan. Satan filled his heart. Cain was a murderer. So was Lucifer. You see, Satan wants people to behave just like he is. Do you remember what Jesus said to people who refuse to believe in him in John in John 8. He said, you're of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, you're going to do. Because he was a murderer from the beginning. He didn't abide in truth. There was no truth in him. He speaks a lie, speaks of his own. He's a liar and the father of lies. Yes, he is. Satan is a liar, and he wants all of his children to be a liar. Here's a tongue twister for you. Satan sires liars. How's that? Satan sires liars. You show me a liar, and 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 I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you. Let me just tell it real plain. You, they said, "Well, I didn't mean to say it that way. I didn't mean to say that." Or everybody lies. Everybody lies. No, he is the father of lies, and he, Satan sires liars. I want every word to. Speak that I speak to be truth. And if I can't speak it in love, then I shall not speak it. Is that good? Is that good? I want my words to be true because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It was Isaiah that pointed out only spiritually and deaf, deaf and blind people will make deaf and blind idols, that we become like the God we serve. I like what it says in 2 Kings 17. Those who reject God will follow worthless idols and become worthless. If you serve a worthless deity like Satan, you will become worthless. If you serve the enemy, you will become like the enemy. But if you serve the worthy God, he's going to make you worthy and make your life worthwhile. And you will come out as pure gold, valuable in his sight. When Jesus invited those 12 to follow him, he approached them with a simple command, follow me. And he promised, then greater things shall you do, that you are going to do the works of him who sent you. And so doing, you will please God and you will be like him. Can I just just slow down here a moment? And can I talk about works a moment? 
Works are not the basis of our salvation, but they are the fruit and proof of it. In Galatians 5, Paul contrasted the works of Satan and the works of God in a person's life. He said, if you're going to follow the works of Satan in the flesh, you're going to act in satanic flesh-filled ways. And the works of the flesh, well, what are they? They're adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, etc., etc., etc. Over 100 works of the flesh are listed in the general epistles in the New Testament. That was once a part of our life but it is no more. We can't go back to that behavior. We can't act that way. And those who act in that way are not pleasing to God. They're not working out their own salvation with fear and trembling. They are acting like Satan is their Lord and not Jesus being their Lord. Well, how do you act like Jesus? How do you act since God and Satan both want us to act like them? How do we act? Well, Paul continues in the very next verse and says, that I've told you what the works of the flesh are, but let me tell you what the fruit of the Spirit, they are. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And you start going through all of those. And he said, and those that have, those that belong to Jesus crucified all the works of the flesh And now we live and walk in the Spirit, and we behave like the Lord Jesus Christ. We do ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Because we want to be like him. He shows love. He has peace. He is joy. And that's behaving as the Lord wants us to behave. So here's the fourth affirmation. I will behave as Jesus wants me to behave. Oh, praise God. I hope this is translating and making sense to you fifth. And here's the fifth thing. And this is so profound to me. Both God and Satan want me to receive a reward. But here's the difference. The wages of sin, death. The gift of God, eternal life. After Paul describes the ways of God and Satan in the very next chapter, he said, now just remember, we're going to reap what we sow. And if we sow to the flesh, if we sow to Satan, we're going to reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit and God, we're going to reap life everlasting. I just love this little parenthetical comment. Paul just throws it in there. So let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Now, I want you to notice the pattern of thought that I've laid out here. The five things God wants. First, our thoughts, our sight, our speech our behavior, and fifth, that we see the results. It's almost like our thoughts, well, that's seeds. We water through our perceptions. We fertilize through our speech, and then it grows through our behavior, and then comes the harvest when all is revealed, the five things God and Satan want. Is it wheat that we harvest? then we've been sowing unto godliness. Is it nothing but tares? Then we've been doing what Satan wants. If you sow the seeds of unworthiness, you'll reap unworthiness. Sow the seeds of sadness, you'll reap greater sadness. Sow the seeds of hate, you're going to reap seeds of hate. But if you sow love, it's going to come back. And if you sow hope, it's going to come back. If you sow faith, it's going to come back 30, 60, 100 fold. We, You and I, we're end result, bottom line people. We focus on the harvest, but what we should focus on the first four behaviors, the first four actions, because if we will get the first four right, the fifth is going to work out okay. If you plant the seed of the enemy, you reap it. 
If you plant the seeds of hatred, you're going to reap it. Whatever you're planting, you're going to cultivate. You're going to reap. And that's why I believe in 2020, people's lives are falling apart. And they can't break the spiral that they're in. They're focusing on end results and end behaviors and end rewards, but they don't go back to the sowing. We've got to, if we sow to the flesh, we are going to reap corruption. But if we sow to the spirit, we're going to reap life everlasting. You can change the results by changing what you sow. So would you just tuck these affirmations away and pray them what God and Satan want? Here's five affirmations. I will think what Jesus wants me to think. I will see as he wants me to see. I will speak as he wants me to speak. I will behave as he wants me to behave. behave, And guess what? I will have what Jesus wants me to have. God and Satan want the same five things from us. Our thoughts, our perspectives, our speech, our behavior, and our rewards. But only one of them has our best interest at heart. Only one of them died for us, and only one can give us life everlasting. So follow after him. Follow that one, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, praise God. Thank you for being a part of this. Would you share this with others and loop people into this devotion? Looking forward to tomorrow as well. I'm just going to be speaking directly to the moment tomorrow, if God permits it. So God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Leave your prayer requests out to the side. And let's just make sure, let's make sure that we're giving God what he wants today and depriving the enemy of what he wants. Amen. God be with you. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.